last week we began to talk about one of the most common topics in Proverbs. We've been studying Proverbs for the last several months. We will wrap that up in about three weeks. Then we'll have a couple of weeks where we won't have service, and then we'll come back on September the 18th, and we're going to start a new series on the book of Luke that will lead us up until Christmas time. Tonight I want to go a little bit further and look at some of the other outstanding Proverbs that talk about our mouth and, and what we need to understand about our mouth and how other people's mouths impact us. So if you have your Bible, just open it up to Proverbs. We'll go right now to Proverbs 16, 27. And, uh, and, and I want you to listen to this uh, really carefully. Uh, a worthless man plots evil. And his speech is like a scorching fire. A dishonest man spread strife, and a whisperer separates close friends. This is a warning to be aware of what others are saying to us, what we're allowing to come into our ears. Here's one of the big lessons that I have learned in in life. If I am open to complaining, if I am open to negative talk, if I don't stop it, it'll come my way. Uh, a few years, a number of years ago, uh, there was something going on in our, in our, in our denominational movement uh, that my father and I uh, were opposed to. It was um, a, a vote that had gone on and uh, about something, and, and we, had, we had verbally spoken against it. And uh, it was very interesting. Over the next several months, uh, people would call us. They would call, I remember people calling me. And they wanted to pour out their complaints about something else going on in the district. And I, I got so I would say to him, you don't understand. I don't like this one thing that we decided to do. It doesn't mean I don't like everything else that we're doing. I'm not mad at anybody. And I finally at a sectional meeting with about 20, 30 pastors got up and said, because two or three of them had come to me that day and said, what do you think about this? What do you think about that? And I finally got up and said, listen, guys, you, you're misreading us if you think we're mad about something. We didn't like that. Everybody voted to do it, so we're going we're gonna to get along. We're going to move forward. 90%, 95% of what the district does, we're all for. We didn't want it. You have to shut that down. Now, what you could do, here's what some people do. They get one thing that they're upset about, and this is what the, the enemy begins to send them other people who complain about stuff. And their spirit grows in that spirit and complaint until they're bitter or angry. And the majority of it, they don't even care about. They're just hearing everybody else's complaint. And it becomes this scorching fire in us that keeps us from peace. And it's because we've let our ear be open to people's complaints that really aren't even our complaints or to other problems. 
one good question to ask a person when they tell you something negative. Uh, here's what I ask people when they tell me something negative. And, and I'll clear this up a little bit later in the message. But one of the things, if somebody comes to me with something negative, I'll say to them, why are you telling me this? Why, why are you speaking this to me? Uh, they tell you something negative about someone or they say something negative about what someone has said about you, they come repeat, this whisper comes and says, so-and-so said this about you. Or Here's one I really love. Everybody's talking about you like this. Everybody is, but me, you know. Everybody doesn't like you but me. You know, everybody's mad at you but me. Everybody's but me. And, and my question is, 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 is always the same thing. Why? Why are you telling me that? What is the purpose of it? The second question I'll ask them is, okay, what did you say in reply to their statement? What, what did you say? Did you, did you say that wasn't true? Did you defend me? Did you stand up for me? Uh, so somebody says something negative, you want to get back down to the why, whether that's about work, whether that's about people in the church or your friends, about the church itself. When the motive is simply to undermine, it is harmful. When the motive is simply to separate friendships or undermine friendships, it's harmful. And I want to close my ear to those things by letting people know that it's not true. Now, verse 28 is an interesting look because it talks about dishonesty, somebody being uh, dishonest. I dealt with a situation a short time ago. There was a, a man that I was encouraging to get involved in an organization that I thought could help him in a number of ways. And he, he later, that man I was encouraging, later told Renee that another person had come to him and he'd said, yeah, pastor's trying to get me to do X, Y, Z. And he said, oh, that's bad. That's no good. That's no good. You shouldn't do that. That's worthless. And he told that to Renee. So a couple of weeks later, you know, Renee, of course, told it to me. And, and here's, here's what you can do about it. So Renee told me, I was like, okay. And, and a few weeks later, I ran into this man. And, and I said to him, I said, I've I I got something to talk to you about. Uh, this organization, what do you know about it that I don't know? I know it really well. And I think it's a really good organization, and I think it would really be good for this person to be involved in it. What do you know about it that I don't know? And he was, stu- he was, he was kind of stunned. And he looked at me and he said, honestly, I don't know anything about it. Then why did you tell that young man not to go get involved in that organization? What, what was your, well, uh, I just made a snap judgment. So you made a snap, snap judgment about something you don't know anything about. Now, you say, well, Pastor, why would you talk to somebody? Because I want them to, to learn not to do that. <laughs> And if there was something negative, I needed to know it. 
But you've got to understand, sometimes people are saying things and they're, they don't know what they're talking about. We want to guard that in ourselves. We don't want to make snap judgments. But we also want to listen and make sure we know what's coming into our ears. Remember, stories get twisted and exaggerated. Uh, one of the things that's been happening since Renee's mom passed away is there's this thread on Facebook amongst her and all the family, and they, they tell stories of things that have happened over the years, and it's kind of the, the way they're going through this grieving process is to talk about their mom and the funny things and the, the great things that happened in their family over the years. And one that got that was being spread was, was about a time before Renee and I were married when we had uh, kind of had a fight and weren't talking. Now, we got over it, as you can tell. Uh, and, and her dad had brought home our, a stray dog. And she named the stray dog Mark because she was mad at me. Okay. So it wasn't long until we were back together and I got to meet Mark, the stray dog. And a short time went, went by and her dad was kind of, you know, he was kind of a funny guy about this whole thing. For him. And he, now he brought home uh, a pig that he had traded something for. So he brought this pig home. And guess what he did? He named the pig, want to guess? Renee. So he named the pig Renee. And so that was the big thing that was going on. And, and it was just kind of a fun thing and kind of a funny thing that they did. Now, when the story came out, when they were writing, no, there was no evil intent. There was no bad intent. Nobody was trying. They were just recalling a funny story. But in the story, when it came back, the, the way it was told, I had gone to Tom and asked him to name the pig Renee. That never happened. Now, I don't think the person was lying. I don't think they were being evil. They just misremembered the story. And so you, you've got to remember, when people are talking to you, sometimes we get the story wrong, sometimes they get the story wrong. Be careful what it's doing in you. Be careful what you're allowing you. The Bible tells us if we have ought against our brother... We're supposed to go to all of our friends and tell them about it and broadcast it on Facebook and make really ugly. Is that what the Bible tells us to do? No, if we have something against our brother, what are you supposed to do? Go to them. Go to them. And, and I would just really tell you, if you're on social media, that's not the place to say negative things about people. It's just, it's just you, go, you go talk to the person if you have an... A, 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 uh, something. So he, here's the warning of the scripture. Be aware of the conversations that are coming into your ear and what they're doing to you, how they're making you see things. Many times they are untrue, unfair, or unnecessary. And when you begin to realize this person is always bringing me these kind of stories, the Bible's advice is stay away from them. Now, here, here's one of the really kind of the final rule in this. If you really want to get interested with somebody saying something negative about somebody else, maybe something they've said to you or something they're offended at at you, you really want to get down to the truth, 
look him straight in the eye and say, wow, that is my friend. I really want to get that straightened out. Let's go talk to them right now. And you know, about nine times out of ten, this is what they'll say. Oh, no, no, I don't want to get in the middle of that. Well, buddy, you're already in the middle of it. You brought me the story. You already carried the story to me, and I'm wounded by it. I want to go get it straightened out with my friend. And nine times out of ten, that's what you're going to find is they've exaggerated that story, or they've twisted that story in some way. Listen to a couple other passages. Proverbs 17, 9. Whoever covers an offense seeks love, but he who repeats a matter separates close friends. So there's times somebody may in a, in a moment of anger or frustration said something negative about somebody else. But the person who, who covers that offense, who just says, you know, I'm, I'm never going to say that. You don't understand they're mad, they're angry, they're frustrated. That, that, that's because they want to build love. But the one who repeats it separates friends. Proverbs 17, 27. Whoever restrains his words has knowledge, but he who has a, a cool spirit, and he who has a cool spirit is a man of understanding. Proverbs 18, 8. The words of a whisperer are like delicious morsels. They go down into the inner parts of the body. This is talking about gossip that our ears perk up. How, how come? It's, it's, it's a work of the flesh that when something negative is said, we want to hear it. And when somebody's bragging on somebody, we're not nearly as enticed by it. That's a flesh thing. But what it's teaching us here is that bad words corrupt our relationships. Proverbs twenty nineteen: Whoever goes about slandering reveals secrets Therefore, do not associate with a simple babbler. Listen, I've I've seen this harm marriages. I've seen this harm friendships because somebody's around saying stuff where they're just really a slanderer. So be just as wise people, the art of living, is we begin to pay attention to what words are doing to us and we ask this question, why are they being shared with me? Why am I hearing them? And we'll come back to that in a little bit. Now, here's the second point, Proverbs 21, 23. Whoever keeps his mouth and his tongue keeps himself out of trouble. Uh, This is a very kind way of the Bible saying to us, just shut up already. You don't have to always have something to say. Uh, Pray about the balance between the need to speak up and the simple thought of it just doesn't matter. It just doesn't matter. Now, if somebody's talking about one of my friends, I feel the need to defend them and to speak up. And I try to bring peace. I, I might say to encourage them let's go talk with them uh, one of the moms in our church for years uh, raised her kids and, and all of her kids are grown now they're all really good friends but she had a rule of thumb her rule was this 
whenever one of the kids says something good about one of the other kids, I'm going to go tell the other kid what they said. And they all talked to me about how that impacted their lives, how that impacted the way they, they saw each other. She wouldn't repeat the negative things and the complaints they brought. She repeated the good things that they brought. So what did that do in the hearts of the, of the siblings is when they heard those things that the other was saying was good, is it built relationship. Boy, isn't that a good rule of thumb? If you hear somebody say something good, go tell them. If you hear somebody say something negative, don't go tell them. What a great rule. And again, this comes back to this question, why are you telling me this? Sometimes it just doesn't matter. You know, I, I tell you, I, I'll confess to you, I missed this just a short time, not a very long ago at all, <laughs> embarrassingly short time ago. I, I went into a restaurant, had a couple people with me, and uh, there was quite a number of people in the restaurant. It was kind of crowded. But there were probably 10 or 12 open tables. Real small entryway where you had to stand. And we were waiting for the host to seat us. And they seated the couple in front of us. And, uh, and then they came back. Uh, as, as the host was coming back, I saw a guy run over to him and talk to him. And uh, they came up. He came up to the, the, to the desk then. He said, hey, I just talked to our manager. Uh, we're really backed up in the kitchen. It's going to be 25 minutes before we can seat everybody else. The kitchen's too backed up. And my flesh got the best of me. What I said at first was, you know, that's okay. You know, that's okay. But can we at least get a table to sit down at and maybe get, you know, somebody can bring something to drink or something. We can just sit. We're we're okay with waiting. We just don't want to wait out in the entryway. And uh, he said, nope, you've got to stand right out here in the entryway until you get a seat. And I said, nope, I really don't. That's just crazy. He said, you need to, I said, you need to tell the manager, this isn't good management. I'm not doing that. I'm leaving. And as I went out to the car, you know what I thought? I thought, you know what's crazy is that I let it bother me that much to talk to somebody who is getting pressure from his boss and now unnecessary pressure from me, that's what was unnecessary. Sometimes you just let stuff go. Just let it go. And, and you know, bottom line, I could have looked and said, hey, that's fine. I could have left. I didn't have to stay 25 minutes and sit there or stand there. I could have left. But I didn't have to make his life more miserable that day. Sometimes we've got to learn to let things go. Proverbs 18, 6. A fool's lips walk into a fight, and his mouth invites a beating. A fool's mouth is his ruin, and his lips are a snare to his soul. Boy, that should be a verse every couple needs to memorize before they get married. Sometimes we let our mouth just lead us into a fight. Proverbs 17, 20. 
a man of crooked heart does not discover good. I'm going to stop right there. That's halfway through it. A man of crooked heart does not discover good. Now, this is the heart of the complainer. That wherever they go, what do they talk about? What isn't good? They don't see the good. It's always, if I was running this place, or if I was doing this, or they should do it this way, or they should do it that way, it's, it's that way. If I was raising that kid, this is what I would do. They, they always have some, they, they don't discover the good. You just got to be aware, am I, am I discovering the good? Am I seeing good in the places I go? And one with a dishonest tongue falls into calamity. So here's the deal, don't lie. Don't exaggerate. Don't mislead. They all catch up with us. Don't mislead. Don't, don't overblow the story. Don't tell a bigger story. You know, people ask me, Pastor, what's it like, you know, pastoring in the church where you grew up? I said, well, there's very little temptation to exaggerate stories. And they say, why? I said, because too many people were there. They were around when those things happened. there's just not a need for us to to exaggerate just and here's here's a a step of wood just ask God to convict you when you do something like that sometimes it's just a habit sometimes you just learn this is the way I tell stories or what I do and just ask the Lord to convict you about that and boy after you tell a story the Lord goes you know you've told that story so many times you actually believe that's the way it happened now really think about it it didn't happen that way at all let the Lord convict you. Eventually that catches up. Number four, Proverbs seventeen twenty-eight. Even a fool who keeps silent is considered wise. When he closes his lips, he is deemed intelligent. When I was a kid, I, I memorized a quote by Abraham Lincoln that I think he got from this verse right here. Here's what Abraham Lincoln said. Better to be silent and thought a fool than to open one's mouth and leave no doubt. If you don't know, don't act like you do. Listen, we don't all know everything. One of the things that will help you in life get by is when you recognize, I don't know much about that, so if I need help, if i got to do that, I'm going to go find somebody who knows about that and have them help me do that because I don't know about that. And the same thing is when we're, ta- when we're talking. If you don't know about something, just, just listen and ask questions. And, uh, and that'll bless you and that'll help you. Now, number five. Proverbs twenty-five, eleven. A word aptly fit is like apples of gold in a setting of silver. This was a great reward to get gold and silver. Last week we talked about being gracious. And part of being gracious is being encouraging. Remember last week that, that the person who's gracious, it's, it's like they give a dessert. It's a, in this passage, it's a gift of, of riches. You have the power to use this mouth that God's given you to bless people. 
And so the warning all throughout Proverbs is get away from the negative, get away from the gossip, get away from the attacking talk, and move to the gracious talk. Move to the encouraging talk. Move to the things that are helpful. You have the power to bless people's lives and to speak positively into their lives. And when you use that power, uh, it's, it's a great thing. Now, I talked earlier about this aspect of why are you telling me this? If somebody comes to me, and, and I'll have this happen from time to time, and they'll say something like, Pastor, I hate to put this burden on you. I hate to tell you this. And they'll tell me about something in the church organization that didn't work out as well as it should have. And they'll be apologizing almost for telling me, sometimes actually apologizing for telling me. And, and, and I look at them and say, no, 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 no. This is something I can do something about. I want to know the things that I can do something about. If there's something I can do something about, that's, it's not bad to tell me a negative thing about something I can do something about to make it better. So that becomes kind of this golden rule inside of here. If somebody comes to us and we're in charge of something, we're doing it, and they say, boy, this didn't work out well, this didn't go as smooth as I think you meant it, they're helping us. They're helping us. It's when they begin to talk to everybody else that can't do anything about it that it becomes negative. When I'm talking to someone who can do something about a situation or they are talking to me and I can do something, that is not negative talk. That is helpful talk. Look at this passage again. A word fitly spoken. Fitly spoken. It doesn't say a positive word. It doesn't say, you know, hey, if you have corrective criticism, it's a combination. It's a word fitly spoken. So if it's good and you had a great experience, you want to speak up and say something about that? Boy, we went through this thing in the church. My small group came around and really helped me, and this took place, and that took place. And Boy, did our church really help us during that time. It's a fitly spoken word. If that didn't happen, and you come to Pastor Paul, or you come to me, or you come to one of us, and you say, wow, uh, we went through this, and this is what happened. That still can be a fitly word if you're talking to somebody who can learn from it and help groups or help the church not do that again or whatever organization you're in. So we, we, we have to understand this power of this fitly spoken word. If it's fitly spoken, my attitude towards it is really important. If it's fitly spoken and, and it's something negative, I still want to receive it. If I'm the person in charge, I want to receive it positively. I, I want to I I receive it as somebody who cares enough about me or cares enough about the church that we can, we can help make it right. Right? 
I don't want to be defensive. There's been times I've, you know, talked to a staff member about something they needed to adjust or something in the church, and, and, and I'll say to them, now listen, I, I don't, you know, you're being defensive. And their neat response is, no, I'm not. Well, there you are. You're, the second you say that, you are. You're being defensive. Don't be defensive. Listen. Ask questions. Make sure you understand what they're saying. And ask what they think you can do to make it better. These are, these are receiving words that you may need to hear. You know, you want to be around people. This is why we want, you, we want to encourage you to be in a small group. This is why we want to encourage you to build Christian friends. You want to be around friends who, who can look at you and say, uh, you know, the way you talk to your wife sometimes isn't really good. And instead of being defensive, that, you, that, the, that, the, that the guy goes, really? That's just the way I've always talked. Yeah, man, it's, that doesn't mean it's good. It's still, still it's bad. How do we get better? We get better when, I, when, when, when iron sharpens iron, when we listen to each other, when we talk to each other. We get better when we ask the question, we allow other people to speak into our life and challenge us. Now, what's the, what's the key thing? Why are they telling me this? If they're telling me this, because it's for my good, because it will help me, then that's a good thing. Now, I'm, I'm going to tell you, there are times when somebody may say something to you and, and you may just disagree with them. There's no sense in arguing. Why argue with them? Just thank them. Thank you for caring about me enough to come and share that. I, here's what I say in every set of circumstances where I agree or don't agree. I'll pray about that. And I mean it. I'm going to pray about it. And if I go into my prayer time and the Lord says, no, they misrepresent, they, they didn't see you right, then okay. If I go into that prayer time and God goes, you know what, I sent them to talk to you. Then I listen. Sometimes I'll take that and I'll go to two or three friends and say, hey, somebody said this to me, what do you think? And if your close friends look at it and go, man, I'm glad somebody talked to you about that. That's not a negative thing, that's a positive thing. You're going to get better because of it. So this, this whole aspect of being defensive is our weakness in our flesh. We can receive it and say, well, what if, you, what if at the end of the day you disagreed? You just disagreed with them. You thank them. You just disagree. You go on. You're grateful that they were kind enough to come and talk to you about it. And you move on. You don't get mad at them or angry with them. You thank them for their, for their kindness. Now, You've got to, if you're in an organization, if, you, if you're in a situation, you've got to speak to it if you want things to be better. Are you, are you following me? If all you do is, is get frustrated and you don't talk, whatever thing it is, whatever relationship it is, if the kids learn they can't talk to you, they get frustrated. They get frustrated. You know, my dad, uh, his, his positive 
traits fall out far, far outweighed, 99.9% .9 better than any negative traits. The only one thing, he only did one thing that really drove me crazy. Uh, he would give me orders and not explain them. He'd just say, do this. And it just drove me crazy. Because I, I just wanted to know why. And if I asked why, he would say, because I said so. And I'm just telling you, as a kid growing up, that just drove me nuts. And I remember as I got older, uh, he told me there was something I wanted to do. He told me I couldn't do it. And I said to him, Dad, and, and, you know, I'm going to college next year. If I get an opportunity to do that then, why? I'm, I'm trying to get some feedback from him. Why shouldn't I do that? He said, you, if you get an opportunity to do that next year, you just remember I told you not to do it. Now, listen, I'm, I'm just telling you, that, that my dad was the best dad. I, he was perfect for me in almost every That one thing drove me crazy. And so in the missus, we've got to build this atmosphere around us of where we are welcoming to healthy discussions. This key underlying principle of whether it's a healthy discussion or not, when it's negative, is if I have any authority to do anything about it. If I don't have any authority to do anything about it, then I'm just being negative to a bunch of people and stirring them up, or they're being negative to me. If I'm in a place where I can do something about it, then I want to welcome that discussion. And maybe the discussion is, uh, maybe the discussion is, let's talk about, let me explain to you why we have to do it this way. Sometimes, and frankly, sometimes it is absolutely okay for a mom or a dad, let me tell you, for a pastor or elder to look and say, listen, we understand your concern, but there are things about this you don't know, and it's not proper for us to talk about them. You just got to trust us in this one. We know the whole story. We've sought out the whole story. And then it comes down to a matter of whether we trust or not. But th this whole aspect of having fitting words in our life, uh, to look for the positive and to share it, to understand what words are doing to us and doing to our relationships, to understand what our words are doing in the relationship. All of this stuff is key to this art of having a healthy relationships and key to the art of living is to really examine this impact of my words and the impact of others' words and what's, a, what's healthy and right and what isn't. As you pray your way through this, I think what's going to happen is you're gonna, God's going to show you some places if you'll take time to pray through this, where God's going to show you some places where maybe you've allowed somebody's negative talk to impact how you see somebody, how you view something, and you don't even know the whole story. 
Maybe they didn't even know the whole story. You may begin to see and feel checked in your spirit about how you tell stories about your life. And you may want to reel that in and make sure I'm telling the absolute truth. You may, you may just begin to understand that, boy, I see a lot of positive things. And why is it that I never talk about those things? Why do I always want to talk about the negative things instead of the positive things? Why, when I hear something negative, can I not wait to get home to tell my wife or my husband about it? And why do I have to really conjure up and think about it when something good happens? I hear something good. And so what, what the Bible's teaches here is be careful what you're hearing and be careful what you're producing. I'm going to wrap this up with, with one thing. There's a scripture in Proverbs where it talks about a, a wife, a mother, who destroys her own family, destroys their spirit. And what it's talking about is this person, this husband, this wife, this person who is either hypocritical or extremely negative and they don't realize that they're planting that in their children's lives. They don't realize what they're doing. I'll tell you one last story about that before we go. Uh, when I was a youth pastor, there was, these, uh, uh, there was this boy in our youth group that, uh, boy, he just, he, I, I couldn't win him over for anything. He didn't like me. He, 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 a lot of times I'd go up talk to him. He'd just turn and walk away. He was rude, uh, into, into a mess of stuff. And uh, it was, you know, I just didn't know what to do with him. I didn't know what his family all came to church and, um, you know, and one day I get a call from his mom and she wants to come in and talk to me. And I'm like, you know, you always assume the worst, don't you? She's going to come in here and tell me how bad a youth pastor I am and how terrible I'm doing. I can't reach a kid. I'm not, you know, building a relationship with a kid. The kid doesn't like me. She's going to tell me all the things I've done wrong to him, all the places I've messed up. But lo and behold, she comes in and she sits in my office and she says, uh, I have to apologize to you. And she said, uh, she had a son and a daughter, and the, the daughter was definitely not connected with me very well, but she was not as rude as the son. And she said, I've been praying for my son and my daughter. And God spoke to me and said, that I have been so negative towards talking to me, towards you in front of them that I planted seeds of destruction in their life. And God told me that wasn't going to get fixed until I apologized to you and tonight I'm going to go home and apologize to them and tell them I'm wrong. She goes, will you accept my apology? I'm like, well, I didn't even know you were doing it, so sure, you know. Hopefully this helps. Now, I'm, I'm telling you, here's what happened. The next Sunday, the next Sunday, I'm walking down the hall. 
Jefferson Street building, walking down the hall. I see this kid, like I did every Sunday. I call him by name, and I say hi to him, and typically he just walked right past me and didn't say a word. And my flesh wanted to go grab him, so you're going to at least talk to me. That's the way my flesh was. But he just walked right past me. This Sunday, I'm seeing him come down. He, he and I are the only two in the hall. I, I, I get right next to him. I, I call him by name. say, hi, how you doing? And he stops me and looks at me. He goes, man, I, I've, got, I, I've got to talk to you. I've got so many things I've got to talk to you about. And our relationship transformed. Transformed. What, she'd gone pulled out the bad seeds. She, she went and said, boy, I've got to get this out of, out of their life. And he, he ended up going to the ministry. I mean, God just did a work in this guy's life. And, and I just wanted to, that, that, that's the power of our words. At first it was a negative power, and she turned it to a positive power. And I honor her for doing that, for being courageous enough to face what she was doing and make a change. You know, that, that's, that turned the corner in that young man's life. And so I just want to challenge you. Be careful what's coming out of your mouth and what kind of seed you're planting. Be careful what you're listening to and what kind of seed's coming into your life. Is that good? The art of living. Let's stand together and let's pray. There's a couple of other passages of Scripture on there for you to look up and read later. Father, we, we just pray that you would make us aware uh, of people the enemy sends into our life. Maybe they're funny. Maybe they're fun to be with. But they're poisonous. They're a scorching fire in our life. Uh, let us be aware of that, Lord, and not allow it into our life. Let us be aware, Father, of how we talk and the seed that we plant. And Father, let us be courageous enough to speak the fitting words. If we want something to get better and it should get better, let us speak the fitting words. If, if Father, if something's really going good and really going well, let us speak the fitting words because we know in the fitly spoken words there's treasure. Help us to receive fitting words that come to us. Father, when they're positive, that's easy. When it's something we need to do better, it's a little more difficult. Help us to receive those and learn from them because we're all in your family. Help us to be a mature body of believers. In Jesus' name, amen. God bless you. Greet somebody around you. Go in the name of the Lord and have a great, great night.